I would recommend getting some passionate co-founders. <laughs> this is a long, long journey to get to a point and you need to have people working with you with the same values and who you can lean on, uh, different skill sets. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about Western Australian startup founders who have been there and done it or are right here and doing it. My name is Danelle Cross. And my name is Chris Tan. And before we start, we'd like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast in the land of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors. Startup West is produced by Startup News and sponsored by the City of Perth, RSM, Space Cubed, TechOn, Curtin University and Dinner Twist. And in this episode, we speak with Nick Terpkos, the CEO and co-founder of Waitree. Hey, Nick, and welcome to the Startup West podcast. Can you tell us a bit about Waitree and what it does and how it's going? So Waitree is a seasonal jobs platform that predominantly connects growers with backpackers. Um, For those who are not aware, they're probably aware by now, but backpackers play such a large role in our seasonal workforce, mainly because seasonal employers, predominantly in agriculture, um, they have to hire large amounts of people for short durations of time, and Australians generally can't provide that labour. So that falls on a transient workforce. Um, backpackers are incentivized to do this work because they have to extend their visa. But they've got their own unique set of problems where they come to the country, they're foreigners, and they don't really know where or when work is available. Um, they also have to relocate and find transport. Yeah. So essentially our solution to the problem to start with has been to provide a really easy way for employers to be able to list their current and future needs on a map for job seekers to be able to see where and when work is available ahead of time um, with our solution being to provide a really easy way for connection of labour. Yeah, awesome. No, awesome. That's really, um, yeah, really beneficial because obviously um, with, I guess, the tourism season starting back up with everything post-COVID, a lot's going to start really ramping back up. But um, so for you, how did it first come about, Waitree? So it took a while for us to get there, but I guess for me, um, I first recognised that there was like an opportunity um, to provide some sort of technological solution in the backpacker space when I was traveling through Europe. I guess I realized globally like how much of a transient workforce there is um, all throughout the world and how much of a crucial role that they play in seasonal workforces. And then so came back to Australia and was thinking about it. And then we actually, after finished uni, went over to Sydney, the three of us, and we were there pretty much on a working holiday for two months. Um, and there we got really ingrained in the backpacker culture within Australia. And we didn't know before that, that really backpackers made up predominantly the workforce in, in agriculture in Australia. And we were so shocked by it because everyone struggled to connect. Like mm. I'm talking, it took four to six weeks to find a job and they didn't even know where to look. So we realized there was a problem there. And what was more shocking was that one of our largest industries in agriculture didn't really have a stable way to find its workforce. Mm. And we sort of realized that there's sort of two problems there. There's where is labor coming from, which we see as a policy and government problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but secondly, how are we connecting? Um, and that's really the problem that we're trying to solve um, an efficient distribution of labor. And then yeah. it sort of just propagated from that. Yeah. And look, I grew up in a little town called Donnybrook, which is yep. famous for apple apples. Yep. Um, so this problem is is real. So I grew up with the seasonality of that and our, you know, the the population of our town, you know, yep. swelling in in apple season. 
And I can completely relate to that connection part where really in the past, people have put cardboard signs at the front mm-hmm. of their farms to mm-hmm. advertise for seasonal workers, which as you can imagine, you're not really reaching a, a huge, I mean, international network yeah, by, yeah, by doing that. So I can no. completely understand the problem. So your, the first kind of genesis of the idea, how has mm-hmm. that evolved, particularly over the last few years? Oh, it's evolved a lot. Yeah. Um, I guess the way we describe it is we've been pretty stubborn on on the vision, like what we're trying to get to, but we've been really flexible on the details. Mm-hmm. So funny you mentioned Donnybrook because when we first, we had to teach ourselves to code. Like we're both engineers, mm-hmm. structural engineers, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we went down the journey of um, learning software development. Um, so everything's built in-house, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, the first version of Waytree was um, just a traditional job board that allowed people to list jobs and on a map. Um, but the whole posting in advance thing came from we actually did a road trip for 10 days down south and Donnybrook was the first place we went to. Awesome. <laughs> and what we learned there was that employers saw the problem. Um, they didn't really have a solution, but they also didn't want to deal with the jobs process until they needed someone. Mm. So we thought, okay, well, why don't we allow businesses to be able to list jobs in the future so they don't have to worry about it? And they can gain exposure all throughout the year so people know when um, when they need labor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's just propagated from that. But everything's changing every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In typical startup style. Right. Um, <laughs> so what are some of the uh, challenges or even successes that you've had um, to the business to date? So we launched in like 2019. And if you can cast your minds mm-hmm. back. <laughs> COVID just was before in full. the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And border closures were starting. Yeah. Um, and we were trying to build a marketplace of employers and job seekers where job seekers were going back to their home countries. Um, so that was our first challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do we build a marketplace? Um, and that... We, yeah, we just overcame. We had a we had a decent starting point with employers and we leveraged essentially Facebook jobs to start um, leveraging their ability to find people. Um, so when jobs were posted on Waytree, we were reposting them on Facebook jobs. And then that's how we built the initial network. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we've built a reputation that people now just come to the site. But starting, the, starting like there's two problems, building the technology and then building building the user groups. And that was our first problem. Yeah. And is it the three of you, Nick? Yeah, there's three of us. That are co-founders? Excellent. And how have you funded the business so far? So initially, obviously, it's when it starts these things, it's close friends and family who Mm want to see you succeed and do well. So we're really fortunate to have a family member who was able to provide some initial investment, um, which has, we've been bootstrapped, Mm -hmm. um, but that's been, provided us the ability to get to where we are today. Awesome. Great. And what about advisory boards, members? How, how are you getting assistance with that? We've had a lot of people help us along the way, mm. um, but it's been more just on a needs basis. We've been able to connect with people who have been able to provide some advice on certain things. I'd say like long-term, our biggest advisors are our biggest users, mm. um, yeah, great. which has been really good. And we've got really good connections with our biggest users, um, mainly because the labor market's changing so rapidly. Yeah. So it's been really handy um, for them to be able to feed information back to us about what their needs are. And that's really driven a lot of the change on the platform. Mm, terrific. Yeah. With, I guess, raising capital for um, Waytree, has it been easy, difficult for you? Like um, any tips that you've learned along the way with that? Yeah, it's been difficult, um, mainly because, and I, this is just very understandable, but 
every investor has their own unique set of things that they're looking for. Yeah. Um, marketplaces have been generally something that people have, people who are sophisticated investors have treated with caution, um, mainly because they know how much capital it requires to mm. um, get it to a point where it breaks even. Um, so that has been a challenge. We, I guess, the largest bit of advice or the, the common theme within investors that we've spoken with is, well, how many people are getting hired? Mm. And that's been like a systemic problem within all jobs marketplaces because currently there isn't mm. a marketplace that knows whether someone's been hired. And for them to create or sort of attribute value to it, um, they really needed to know that. And we are currently making progress on that, which has been kind of our north star in the short term. Um, how can we ensure? How can we know? or essentially deliver a job seeker to a workplace and, and know that that hire has occurred. Mm. Um, so that's been our North Star over the last little bit. Mm. And what are the plans for Waytree? You're three years in. What are the mm-hmm. plans for the next three to five years? What's your vision? So the way we see it is there needs there will be a platform in the future that allows labour to move from high density to to high need yeah. um, globally. Um we're seeing labour shortages all over the world. Mm. I don't see that problem getting any better. And we have seen governments around the world start relaxing their working visa requirements mm. to sort of fill those labour gaps. Yeah. But it's quite a daunting task, the thought of having to relocate for work. Um, so we yeah, we believe that the direction that we're heading is we want to facilitate that need mm. and allow for efficient movement of labour between countries and within domestically. So that's we're slowly heading towards that. Um over the immediate three to five year period, our goals are to become financially stable. Yeah. Um, that's really the the number one thing. Yeah. Um, which has been a task to monetize the platform, but we are making headways on that, and that's sort of the the goal there. Yeah. And where's your market predominantly at the moment? Is it predominantly Western Australia, Australia? Predominantly Queensland. Okay. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and that hasn't been by like any specific direction mm. um that's just i guess how the platform was propagated Evolved, yeah. yeah yeah so predominantly queensland uh, new south wales and now western australia starting to become third great yeah it's quite a strange idea trying to grow two networks because you need job seekers and mm-hmm. you need yeah. employers um and you need a good balance of that yeah um so our sort of way out of that is to only focus on job seekers mm-hmm. so our whole goal is Let's provide business users success with ensuring there's an oversupply of job seekers and we'll let word of mouth spread on the mm. employer side, yep. um, which is how that And that's propagated. how it's sort of naturally involved in the other states. Yeah. And have you got any plans internationally? Uh, we do, mm-hmm. um, but we're still fleshing out the business model to make it financially viable. Yeah. Um, so our goal is, well, let's use Australia as a test case then. Um, let's get the platform to a point where the pro- it's solving the problem mm. directly. And from that point on, we can then make a decision about going internationally. Awesome. I'm curious about something, and this yeah. is uh, off, off um, our, not on our shades, but um, in terms of sort of the um, uh, the travelers or the tourists or or even the locals looking for seasonal work, uh, at the moment on Waytree, is it like a big shift locally at the moment for like, locals wanting to go over to Queensland or whatnot, or like from WA over there, or do you've got more foreign tourists or working holidays? So it's changing all the time. 
but currently, well, within the last three months, it's about a 75% split. So 75% of our user base is, is backpackers. Yeah, great. Um, and the rest being Australians. Um, mm. Over COVID, it was 50-50. Mm. Um, and we did see a lot of Australians, which we were surprised about, mm. um, wanting to take up farm work, mm. um, especially in um, older generations mm. um, who, let's say, have retired mm. um, and wanted to go pick for, you know, the month, month and a mm. half, um, just to get some additional money and support their local growers. Mm. Um, but yeah, there is a surprisingly amount of willingness to travel between states. Um, so like we were talking to a job seeker recently who we placed, who um, one was in Perth, one was in South Australia. Um, both of them have caravans mm-hmm. and they mm. were placed in a job in Coffs Harbour in New South Wales and they needed a week's notice because they were driving across. Yeah. And that was like, I'm talking to them on the phone. It was like completely, oh, no, no problems. Like that was a non-issue. <laughs> um, so that willingness to move and travel, I think, is the basis of how the marketplace can thrive. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, the market's huge, really, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. With many segments in between. Yeah. How do you reach your job seekers that are international? So we build functionality to facilitate international applications. So letting job seekers know what visa they're on, um, when they're going to come, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but we sort of leverage a few different means in the funnel. So we produce a lot of guides that help people who are first looking mm. in the top of the funnel, so to speak, um, as to what's possible to come work in Australia. So we provide really clean, easy guides on how to get your visa, mm. what type of work's available. Yeah. So on that initial information spot, um, and then we're leveraging a lot of content on TikTok and Instagram um, to sort of provide an understanding of what working life's like in Australia. Mm. Awesome. And that's been a really effective way to capture people who are looking to come and they can come onto Waytree, look on the map, scroll through time as to when they're planning to come to Australia mm-hmm. and they can actually see what jobs are available mm. that they can apply for. So Yeah, and I imagine that's probably different to what it was previous, which is that you just come to Australia mm-hmm. and then, oh, what's available? Yeah, Whereas now out. you're sort of flipping it and, and planning potentially. You're, that's right. You're travelling around because they've got this knowledge. Yeah, that's right. Terrific. No, that's awesome. so good. Um, Nick, how would you describe the local startup scene here in Perth? Um, good. So obviously with a focus on ag tech, so there is actually quite a large ag tech community um, within WA mm-hmm. that's probably hosted through uh, Beanstalk mm-hmm. and there is uh, quite frequent meetups where we get the opportunity like, to, to join the sort of group you have to pitch, which is mm-hmm. a great opportunity to start practicing um, your pitches. But then you get introduced to a whole network of people who are facing the same problems. And mm. it's kind of cool because we're all facing the same problems. Like how do we connect with ag businesses? Yeah. Um, so no, that's been really good. And it's been one of the sort of benefits from that is maybe, was it a month ago? Depot had actually funded seven of us to go to Evoke Ag. Fabulous. Cool. So that was really great. And we were really thrown into the thick of it because there was about 3,000 people within the ag industry who mm. were at Evoke Ag. And I was... It was three days of pitching every every yeah, thirty seconds, terrific. but we met a, a lot of people who have we're now working with. Um, so that's that was really good. So that was really helpful. Amazing, great mm. opportunity there, particularly yeah. you that with a you know sort of broad national base yeah. and um, yeah markets. So what can we do better at? Do you think in our startup scene? Tricky question. Mm. Uh, obviously, the answer is more funding. Yeah, <laughs> but that's I understand there's issues with that. Um, look for us specifically, we were in a bit of a unique place and I know there's also other challenges with this, but 
I believe that there is opportunity for a better connection between government projects and local startups. Mm-hmm. I know this probably isn't applicable to all startups, but especially us specifically, like this problem became one of the largest problems in Australia overnight over COVID period. And we were obviously working on this technology for quite a long period of time. And it was a bit hard to see um, government funding uh, to create local job boards, et cetera, for the government Mm. um, across every state in Australia, across every association in Australia. Um, I know this is a challenging problem, but we, yeah, I guess we felt that there was probably a good opportunity to work with governments to become a technology provider for that. Um, And yeah, I guess from my experience, yeah, a better connection between government projects and startups that are operating in the same space to leverage the technology that startups are working on. Cool. And a shout out to the Startup West podcast sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth, Dinner Twist and TechOn. Hey Nick, can we take you back through your career from your school days? Uh, were you born in Perth? Yeah, I was born in Perth, been in Perth my whole life. I guess I always thought I would leave Perth, but the older I get, the more and more I love Perth and mm. don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Where did you go to school? Uh, Christchurch. Yep, awesome. Yeah. And then what happened after your, you graduated from Christchurch? Um, so after Christchurch, um, went and studied engineering and commerce EWA. Mm-hmm. I was that kid that at age six years old knew they wanted to be an engineer. Yeah, wow. Uh, by design, dad's an engineer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. um, no, nah, so, but like I've always gravitated towards problem solving. I've yeah. um, always gravitated towards maths and physics. And yeah, it was just always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually studied structural engineering yeah. in offshore um, with my co founder, James. Um, so we went to school together, started a friendship awesome. from year eight. Yeah. Went through uni together, did wow. every assignment together. That's <laughs> awesome. That's a terrific story. Yeah, yeah childhood friend starts yeah. a startup. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after that, went and worked as a structural engineer mm-hmm. for three years yeah. um, whilst over that period of time learning to code and nice. building up Waytree until it got to the point where we went full-time. And so you said maths and physics were kind of your favourite subjects at yeah. school. Do you think you showed any kind of entrepreneurial talent <laughs> Uh, when you're in your younger years? Yeah, I was Mr. Co-curricular at school. So <laughs> <laughs> I did every single additional thing that I could do. So See an um, opportunity and grab it. Yeah, right? I've always loved learning and love thinking about different problems. Um, it's probably one of the biggest things I like doing. I'm always just like thinking about different things. Um, I mean, in terms of leadership, yeah, I was school captain in primary school, house prefect. Um no, I've always sort of been the person in the, our friendship group who people come to and that's sort of been my <laughs> experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. That's really cool. So I'm curious again um, with the travels that you've gone through, have you uh, actually gone over and lived abroad for a period of time and then returned back to Perth or has it been, mainly been you're backpacking through different areas in Europe or whatnot? Um, I've been traveling a little bit. Um, but in terms of like a backpacking trip, it was about two months throughout Europe and that's been my primary experience backpacking. Um, and yeah, the only other experience on a working holiday was in Sydney. Great. Yeah. We, yeah. Cool. So you're in a stable 
job working as an engineer when um, obviously you were, you know, you did a bit of travel and this kind of crazy idea came to you, right? What what made you, you know, take the leap, so to speak? Um, I've always, like I've said before, liked thinking about different things and I've always just felt I needed to sort of try something myself. Mm. I needed to test myself and see what was out there and what was possible. Um, the startup scene is certainly not for everybody and I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. <laughs> but, Ain't that the truth. But but for me, it gave the ability to be able to work on a lot of different things. Um, like you, you don't realise when you start, but you have to be an engineer, you have to be a salesperson, you have to be a marketer. Mm, yeah. You have to know everything in terms of SEO, the list goes on. Um, so I enjoy that. Mm. Um, I like the varied work. And I guess when I was working as an engineer, I got a lot of that. Um, but I guess where it came down to is I realized I liked solving one big problem rather than lots of little ones. Mm. And that's why mm. it sort of, it was like, I couldn't not do it. <laughs> I couldn't not do it. No, we it's hear excellent. that a lot. We hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's those that actually go and actually listen to that that yeah. make a difference, Absolutely. which is great. Yeah. Um, so what do you know now that you wish you wish you knew back when you first started this? It's a tricky question. Um, lots, how hard it would be. <laughs> um, nah, but I'd probably say what would have sped me up um, was focusing on the money problem earlier. Mm. Uh, we were going for growth, which we had to, mm. um, but the platform has refined itself a lot through trying to figure out how to make money out of this. Um, that I probably didn't give enough credit for to start with. And I think anyone else starting this adventure, you know, in, in a startup space, definitely focus on the money problem early as possible. Yeah. And you've just answered the next question, which was what's your advice <laughs> to other founders? Have you got any other advice? I do. Um, I would recommend getting some passionate co-founders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, yeah. This is a long long journey to get to a point and you need to have people working with you with the same values and who you can lean on, uh, different skill sets. Um, and that would be 100% my recommendation. And I was fortunate enough to be in the position where two of my best friends um, also saw the problem and mm. had skill sets that um, – mm -hmm needed it and wanted to, mm. to, to go on this adventure. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome advice. And a bit of fun along the way, hey? That's right, yeah. Awesome. Should yeah. we head straight into the rapid fire round? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's right. do it. Um, Nick, what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Um, being stubborn on your vision and flexible in the details. Mm, good advice. If you were to wave your magic wand over the local startup scene, what would you wish into being? Uh, short answer, more access to funding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fair. Um, who do you most admire in the local tech scene? Is it a company or a person maybe? Lots. I think the standout would probably be Tash Tickle. Mm. Um, she's been really instrumental in like connecting us with people whenever we needed to and mm. that's been really good. Yeah. Here, here. Shout out to the fabulous Tash. Um, how can anyone listening help you? Um, two ways. If someone's in government working on this problem, um, and wants to leverage our technology, we'd love to speak with you. And secondly, any investors who share our vision and would like to get reach out, you can nice. find me on LinkedIn. Right. Um, and what do you do to get away from it all, to uh, rest and relax? 
Um, I like to go camping down south, and but probably on a weekly basis, I relax by listening to vinyl. Fair, cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. Yeah. It's been terrific to hear the story of you, your co-founders and Waytree, yeah. um, a really, really important problem that you have dedicated. And I think it's wonderful to see three young founders, um, you know, really going after something in, uh, right here from WA. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nick. Also, thanks to our sponsors. Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support of Space Cubed, Curtin University, the City of Perth, RSM, Tech On and Dinner Twist. And here's a little offer from our friends at Dinner Twist so you can focus on creating the next unicorn while they worry about dinner. Here is $30 off your first box. Enter SW30 at the checkout. Go to www.dinnertwist.com.au to get started. We recorded this podcast at Riff Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, Western Australia. Don't forget to subscribe to the Startup West on your favorite podcast platform so our latest episodes appear in your feed. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. you.